Do you feel overwhelmed by your circumstances? Are you trapped living each day in survival mode? Are you left feeling depleted and exhausted in everything you do, including your health journey? My mission is to help you break free from living this way and teach you how to grow strong from the inside out so that you can ditch the idea of measuring up to impossible standards and start enjoying the act of taking care of yourself instead of dreading it. Get ready to experience life-giving transformation through wellness, a 360-degree approach that nourishes your mind, body, and soul. Discover how you can achieve lasting results that will carry you throughout your health journey. So, please join me as we discuss fitness, faith, and fearless living. I'm Jessica Coleman, and this is Faithfully Fit Motherhood. Hello, friend. Welcome back to Faithfully Fit Motherhood. Thank you so much for joining me today. We are talking about basal body temperature and tracking your menstrual cycle and what that tells you about your health. So I mentioned this briefly in my postpartum hormone episode. So if you want a bit of a preface or some background to this, you can definitely check that episode out. This episode, I'm probably going to go into a little bit more detail and I have a little bit of experience under my belt. So Hopefully, we'll be able to dive in and really gain some ground here. Um, Now, I want to also mention before I get into things that I am not a menstrual cycle specialist or um, I don't I don't specialize in that. Um, I the information I'll be giving is more so based on the uh, resources that I'll mention throughout the episode, the people that I've learned from. Um, I am more so um, educated in hormones and metabolism. So basically, I'm taking that information, plugging it into this information and putting them together. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, but yeah, let's dive in. Let's talk about it. And the reason that I'm even doing this is because I'm using it as a form of birth control right now. But that's not the only benefit of doing this. It also indicates a lot about where I'm at metabolically and hormonally, which I've honestly had a lot of fun learning about, Um, you know, learning about my body and, and where I'm at. So that's been really cool. So if you want to also go on that journey, this episode will kind of break things down for you and will it'll help you kind of get that kickstart and, um, you know, information on to where, get, where to get started. Um, and, and this isn't information that I've ever known about until I've gotten into the nutrition and fitness world, um, which I feel like this should totally be more available because it's just amazing information. You know, like, because I feel like a lot of times we have to go to the doctor to um, learn about our our health, but really you can do it at home on your own. I mean, obviously you're not going to get the entirety of where you're sitting, but it's a really great start. So hopefully this episode is beneficial for you. I'm going to dive right into talking about firstly, the basal body temperature. So this is the first thing I do in the morning before anything else, even before I get out of bed or go to the washroom. I grab my thermometer and I take my measurement. 
So bear in mind that it took me until month five postpartum to actually be able to do this accurately. The reason is because that is when we started getting more of a predictable sleep routine. So Tucker was waking up at a pretty predictable time every day. So I was able to stay consistent with the time that I was taking the temperature, which is something that they do encourage um, in the book that I was reading. Um, I'll mention it now. The book was called Taking Charge of Your Fertility by Tony Weschler. I'll mention it or I'll sorry, I'll link it down below as well. Um, but she just recommends to make sure you're doing it at a consistent time and also making sure that you have three plus hours of sleep before you actually take it. And that's not something that's easy to do when you're first postpartum. Um, it does take a little bit of time. So just because your baby is waking up at all different times and, you know, it's it's just not consistent. So once you gain that consistency, you'll be able to actually um, get the accurate information you need from this uh, measurement. I am interrupting my own episode because I realize now uh, post-recording and post-publishing of this episode um, that I failed to mention a couple of key and important notes. I just wanted to mention that this specific method isn't going to be super um, easy to use or accurate when you are in pregnancy, breastfeeding, or perimenopause. Um, doesn't mean it's impossible. Doesn't mean that it's something that you can't do. Um, it's just going to have a lot of different implications than what I explained in this episode. So the best way to find out how you can do things in either pregnancy, breastfeeding, or perimenopause, the best way to do it would be to get the book that I mentioned this in this episode. It may not be the end-all be-all either, but um, she will have a lot more information than I can provide. So I just wanted to say that because, um, you know, the information I'm giving this episode, the reason I can give it, um, you know, six, I'm almost seven months postpartum now. Um, the reason I can give this information is because I stopped breastfeeding at six weeks. Um, so I got my period back pretty much the second month postpartum. Um, so that's another big factor. Your period needs to be back postpartum. Um, and then, of course, as I mentioned, to the whole sleep thing. So just some things to think about. And I just wanted to mention. So, yeah, back to the episode. So the whole idea behind this is the temperature is going to reveal a lot about your metabolic health. Um, that is because your metabolism actually produces heat and that's because it's providing energy to everything else in your body. It's providing energy to your hormones, to your um, organs and just functioning in general. Um, so if you're not producing enough heat, that's going to tell you a lot about if your metabolism is going at full performance or not quite. So low temperatures compared to the average um, which she does list in the book, um, kind of an idea of what would average would be. Um, if your temperatures are below that, that can indicate a slow metabolism, which means that your body isn't producing optimal heat, which means that your body's not functioning at optimal performance. So how this ties into hormones is that if your metabolism is very slow and sluggish, this could actually mean low thyroid function because your thyroid is you responsible for releasing hormones and it also controls the speed of your metabolism. So they're all linked together. 
So the best thing that you can do to remedy a compromised thyroid function is to support the liver. So this is where I'm going to kind of get into some of my background education, um, talking about supporting the liver. So just bear in mind that a lot of mainstream media will promote, um, you know, detoxing your liver and, you know, cleansing and all those things. Um, But I want to encourage you to stay away from those because your your liver's function, its primary function is to detoxify. So you already have a detoxifier naturally in your body. You don't have to detoxify. Your liver is doing that for you. So what you actually need to do is you need to support the liver in what it's doing. And in order to support your liver, it needs energy in the form of glucose or sugar. So glucose um, or sugar is going to break down in the liver and it's going to convert from T4 into T3, which is the hormone directly needed for the thyroid to function. So in the lack thereof of glucose or sugar, if you're depriving your body of either calories or carbohydrates or proteins, what's going to happen is your liver is going to say, oh my goodness, I have to do this myself because I'm not getting enough of it. So it actually makes its own glucose through a process called gluconeogenesis, which is very stressful to the body. And when we're in chronic stress, we all know that the body is just going to focus on survival. It's not going to focus on your hormones for reproduction or your hormones for your health. It's honestly going to focus on, okay, I need to make this resource so that the body survives and can continue living, which is a state that we don't want to be in because then it's just going to slow everything down, again, contributing to those low temperatures. And it's just telling you, hey, I'm not getting enough energy, enough nutrients, enough calories, enough fuel to function. So ways that we can support the liver, which I've kind of already covered, but just to give a bullet point breakdown. So eating enough calories in a day is so important. Getting that fuel and those that energy to the liver for it to break it down is so crucial. Um, supporting your blood sugar function, so eating every three to four hours is a huge one just so that your body doesn't think that you're going into survival mode, that you're you're not going to be feeding it for a while, um, you know, signaling to the body that you're being fed, you're being nourished and not to go into a panic state. That's really huge. And also something that I find is sometimes overlooked. It's just not something that always comes to our mind right away. But getting enough minerals, um, sometimes they're downplayed and not they don't give it. They're not given enough light um, or airtime. And I think that's just because that's okay. Like you know, like we can't be perfect. And macronutrients are going to be your forefront. They're going to be huge in the over. Your, like if you're getting your macronutrients you're probably going to be hitting a lot of the other markers below it, which are your vitamins and your minerals, which are your micronutrients. But minerals are sometimes just not, um, you know, they're not talked about enough, especially for us women. Um, They're really important, um, especially if you have a lot of stress in your life. The first thing that gets depleted is your minerals. Minerals are depleted from chronic stress. So you want to make sure you're getting I'm enough of them. Um, specifically, magnesium and potassium; um, those are going to really benefit you, and they're just going to um, be those 
as supporters of everything else that's happening. So at least keeping them in the background of your mind as something that is also um, a contributor to this. And then of course, carbohydrates, fats, proteins, minerals, vitamins, they're all so beneficial, which everyone knows. I mean, everyone knows eating a nutrient-dense diet is going to help your body. Um, But what I really love about this information is it just connects everything together. It's like, yeah, I know I'm supposed to eat this, you know, this fruit and these veggies and steak and protein and meats and everything and carbohydrates. But at the same time, it's like, okay, but really, how does all of this work together? Um, and it, it's more than just calories in, calories out. Like it's it's just so much more. And this just this entire information just proves that is it's not just about your weight. It's about am I nourishing? Am I supporting my functions? Um, which I think is often so misinterpreted is that, you know, it's all about the number on the scale, which it's not. It's how are, how's your body functioning? How is everything working together? That is honestly the whole preface of it. Um, that is where you're going to find the answers to all of the things that you're trying to solve. So another thing that the temperatures will tell you as you track them is if you have a rise in temperatures, that will mean that you've ovulated. So kind of how it works is you you bleed at the beginning. You're After you're done bleeding, you're going to have a rise in estrogen. After your estrogen has reached its peak, you're going to have an LH, it's called LH hormone, that helps release the egg um, for ovulation. And then you're going to have a decrease in estrogen and an increase in what's called progesterone, which I've kind of explained. I think I explained that in my last episode. Um, but basically your temperatures are also going to indicate if that's even taken place because sometimes, you know, if, if things aren't functioning, if you're, if you're in survival mode, your body may choose to not ovulate your body, your hormones may not even produce progesterone or at very low levels anyways. So this temp- taking your temperatures is also going to indicate if you've had that transition. So it's really important because we need this change from estrogen to progesterone um, for several reasons, for fertility, um, you know, benefits of our mood. We tend to be happier with progesterone, um, you know, that hormone coursing through our body. It also plays a role in cardiovascular health and your bone health and your immunity. And it's anti-inflammatory. So it helps skin elasticity and hair growth, which is, I mean, probably the best anti-aging secret. If we had an anti-aging secret, it's actually our hormone progesterone. It's better than any cream we could ever ever buy on the shelf basically because it's all internal and it's all natural. Now I also want to mention too so temperature measuring that and seeing that spike in temperature is what's really going to indicate if you've had the progesterone hormone being released because progesterone is going to automatically increase the heat in your body. Um but another way that I'm tracking if I've ovulated is through a clear blue fertility monitor. 
I can also link that in the show notes as well if you're interested. It indicates, um, first of all, if you have a rise in estrogen at the beginning, and then it also detects if you had a release of the LH hormone, which is the one that you need to release an egg. So it tells you when you've ovulated, which is super helpful. And everything just kind of mixes together. Like I'm able on my chart, I can see when my ovulation occurred, um, when when my temperatures have increased and making sure everything flows fluidly. Um, it just, it all works together so nicely. So that's another thing that I have done. And then obviously the two other options are you can track your cervical mucus and then the position of your cervix, which is definitely an additional helpful tool that will tell you where you're at in your cycle. Basically, how it should look if your metabolism and your hormones are functioning at optimal performance, what it's going to look like is you're going to have basically average temperatures. So you're going to have um, pretty much above 97 uh, degrees Fahrenheit in um, your first part of your cycle. And then after you ovulate, you should have a spike temperatures above 98 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, and then you also want to make sure that you're seeing that spike and you also want to make sure you're seeing um, different things like um, with the monitor, you're able to see the LH hormone being released. Um, and then cervical mucus is that changing over time um, in the way it looks and the way it feels and your cervix position. So those are all things that you can measure. On the other hand, if you're seeing things like extremely lower than average temperatures, or maybe that you're not ovulating, that you're not seeing those um, spikes in temperature, or you're not seeing any changes throughout the cycle, that could mean that you know you have anovulatory cycles, which means no ovulation. Um, that also could mean that your progesterone levels are just not at their optimal, that you're not producing enough. Um, you know, factors that could come with this too on the side, you may notice that you're bleeding heavily throughout your um, cycles or that you have extremely painful cycles. These are all things that could, um, you know, raise questions in your head and, and, and make you wonder, okay, should I maybe be looking into things? Why am I not ovulating? Why am I not getting the temperature spike? Why are my temperatures below normal? All of these things um, would probably indicate that you would maybe want to investigate, um, you know, what are your daily habits? Um, you know, are you eating enough calories? Maybe you want to start journaling um, some of your dietary intake, uh, you know, all of the things that um, maybe get the ball rolling for some of the symptoms that you're having. Like for instance, I have given this example before um, when I talk about uh, where I used to be with my restrictive eating. Uh, when I wasn't eating enough, I actually wasn't getting cycles monthly. I would maybe get a cycle once every three months and it would be extremely painful, <laughs> like debilitating painful. Um, and that was my, that would have been my cue. That should have been my cue. I thought that um, you know, my cycle was the problem, but that was actually a, a symptom. That was my body telling me, hey, like there's not enough here. You know, you're you're not providing enough to me. It wasn't my cycle that was the problem. It was, you know, the factors of me not feeding myself enough and allowing my metabolism and my hormones to function. 
So it just gives you a little bit of insight as to maybe why some of the things are happening in your health that maybe make you raise a brow and, and you know, ask questions and be like, hmm, is this normal? Um, you know, should this be happening? So just some things to think about and, um, you know, just ways to to measure things on your own because, you know, like I said, you can go to a doctor, but sometimes it's not always clear there either, um, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, we can diagnose ourselves, but it at least gives you a little bit of insight. And if we have even a little bit of insight, that can go so far. So we're getting to the end of the podcast episode. Um, I've kind of gone through everything that I wanted to, but I just wanted to end by mentioning some things that you can do naturally to help improve your cycle and your hormone and your metabolic health. So the first one, we've talked about this entire episode, um, but honestly, I can't stress it enough, is to eat enough calories every day. You know, I have clients that I'll ask them to do um, a daily food intake journal, and I can't tell you how many clients that have said to me, I can't believe I wasn't eating enough. Like I, I thought I was, but when I write it on paper, I can totally see that I wasn't eating enough. So sometimes it's just a matter of being able to put it down on paper. Um, and sometimes you'll be surprised. Like it's, it's actually amazing. Um, so yeah, eating enough. And, and sometimes too, people ask the question, well, how do I know if I'm eating enough? There's different indicators. So if you have enough energy throughout the day consistently, if you have a good mood, if you're generally happy most of the time, maybe if you're doing fitness, if you're not recovering well, those things are going to indicate whether you're eating enough. Another thing, of course, if you want to be more accurate is to do the food intake journal. So your daily food intake, um, even just doing three days of re records, which is what I get my clients to do, is to do two weekdays and a weekend. Um, that'll give you an idea of how much you are eating. And then kind of the the best way to know is to work with somebody um, who does know how to calculate basal metabolic rates. Um, so if that's something you're interested in, that's something I could help you with. Uh, but if you if you learn your basal metabolic rate, that's going to tell you how many calories your body needs to even just function during the day to breathe, um, you know, for your organs to work, for, again, your metabolism to work. Um, I'm able to calculate that and give you an idea of what that would be. So you can see and you can compare if you are actually meeting the requirements. Plus, we also go into detail about whether your activity in a day is, you know, above that. If it's even just a little bit or quite significantly above that, then you need even more calories. So hopefully all of that makes sense. But yeah, number one is definitely to eat enough. Second is to strength train. <laughs> muscle building, y'all. Like, oh, muscle building. I cannot say enough good things about muscle. Actually, I'm in a time to tone program right now, muscle building program with a group of ladies. And I, I go into the Facebook group. I try to go in weekly and kind of explain things. But today I actually went in to, again, reiterate why we're doing muscle building because it's not always the forefront of our mind, especially as women. It's kind of like cardio is king. Like, let's do cardio. Um, but muscle building just has so much um, leverage and, you know, it's it's so good for your metabolism and it 
detoxifies and it helps with blood sugar regulation. You know, um, it, it helps with your bone health. It strengthens you. It There's so many good things that are wrapped up in muscle building. Um, it is honestly the gateway to good metabolic and hormone health. So highly recommend getting into some strength training. Doesn't mean you have to lift extremely heavy weights, um, but just weights in general. And then of course, trying to get all food groups. So all of your macronutrients, your carbohydrates, your fats, and your proteins, and trying to also incorporate those vitamins and minerals. So getting those nutrient-dense foods is huge. Um, sunlight and managing your stress, those are really big things that are going to help naturally. And also getting enough sleep, which if you're a mom, especially postpartum mamas, I see you. It's really hard to achieve right now, but I promise it's not always going to be that way. At the end of the day, just doing the best you can in that regard. So those are some of the things that are going to help boost things naturally. Of course, you can go into so much detail. You can even do specific foods that are really going to help that. Um, but these are kind of the things that are just going to be across the board helpful. And they're really great things to start with. Um, you don't have to do this perfectly. Um, you know, it's really hard to even incorporate the things I listed and to work on those. So start there. And if you want to get more detailed, absolutely, that's an option. But these are going to be something that can improve you um, right away. So yeah, just something to keep in mind. So all that being said, if you want to start on these measurements and, and tracking your cycle in this way to understand your, your hormone and your metabolic health, I would recommend getting the book that I mentioned in the episode earlier, which was The Taking Charge of Your Fertility by Tony Weschler. Also, some of the Instagram profiles to check out um, that are going to link the cycle health with metabolic and hormone health. Um, that you will find helpful is Jessica Ash Wellness. I've talked about her before. Hormone Healing RD. She's a registered dietitian. And then Wildly on Wellness. Um, she also has a lot of great stuff as well. I'll link everything below so that you don't have to like type all this out yourself. You can literally just click links. But yeah, these places are going to be really helpful in piecing everything together as well. If maybe I wasn't good at explaining things, um, you know, I'm not always uh, good at that. <laughs> so also, if this is something, if this episode sparked interest in you and you want to start learning more about it and you want to start measuring your own, definitely reach out to me. I can give you some insight and some advice and we could work together on it. So I'm here to help. But other than that, I want to thank you so much again for being here for today's episode. If you liked it, give a comment, give a review or reach out with any questions. As always, I hope that you're having an awesome day and until next episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that what we talked about encouraged you. I'm so glad you're here and always know that I'm cheering you on. Want more resources? Visit my website, www.faithfullyfitmotherhoodandwellnessinc.mykajabi.com or contact me anytime on Instagram at jess.coleman. Also, if you enjoyed the podcast, please screenshot this episode and share it on your social media so that we can continue to spread the mission of living in the abundance God has intended for us. 
We are here to serve and lead each other to Christ. So let's set this world on fire with God's love. Be blessed, friend. Until next time, this is Faithfully Fit Motherhood.